Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Well, it's going to be a little different today. It it already is. It's going to be a little different today because um, part of my thought for this week was just, what if I could spend time with all the people in the church individually and especially all the new people, especially, you know, just to kind of, um, you know, I've said that I've kind of figured out the last few years that if I hadn't been a pastor, I probably would have been a history teacher. And part of the, uh, part of history is just telling the story. And uh, part of what's in my spirit, I just want, want to kind of go a different direction today. And I thought, what if I could have a coffee or hot chocolate for some of you, the coffee haters? What if I could have a coffee with people at, at Starbucks, like I do with as many of you as I can, and just kind of talk about what God has done and what he's doing here and what we see and kind of what's happened. Um, I'm gonna read some scriptures and I may even preach a little bit. I may push this chair to the side, but I just wanna kind of sit down and have a chat with you. Is that okay? Um, what's in my spirit for the year and our new theme is called Lord of the Harvest. And it'll be self-explanatory, but I think it's really super important that we kind of set the tone for the whole year by looking at what God God is looking at, by going after what God is sensing. We go through the Father's heart. I I think what I loved about December's theme, I I really, it kind of went in a way, pardon me, that I didn't expect from the outset, which was, to really go after the Father's heart. And then we talk about hospitality and God welcoming you home. I'm gonna kind of jump from that. That's the foundation, pardon me. That's the foundation for everything that we're gonna do this month as well, okay? And for this new year. But I really believe God is saying, you're coming into a season of harvest. You're coming in a season of harvest. So let me start with some scriptures and we'll get right into it. Matthew chapter nine, uh, verse 36. And I'm gonna gonna go into the next chapter with it because it all goes together. But when he saw the multitudes, Jesus was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. Everybody say plentiful. You've got a, you got a really, you got an abundant harvest ahead. Jesus said, the, tr- the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We're gonna talk about that this month. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, often we do that saying, God sends someone else to be the laborers in your harvest. That's not what's in my spirit. What's in my spirit is, Lord, here am I, send me. Send you, send us into your harvest. And then, you know, there's no chapters when things were originally written. This was given so we could kind of figure it out and flow. But it goes right into and, and that's a conjunction. 
Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Connecting two thoughts. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. My friends, pray the Lord of the harvest and be ready to be empowered. All right? Now, I want to go back to Genesis. <clears throat> Pardon me, I don't know why my keyboard is acting up. I'm, my, my, my voice is fine. Genesis 1.11 says this. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed and the fruit that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its own kind, and the tree that yields its fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. My point there is, and we'll say it in a moment, but everything that God creates reproduces after its own kind. Every living thing has seed within itself to regenerate the next generation and produce the next harvest. So if you take, your, if you take an apple, you cut it in half, you see the seeds inside, you can take that apple and you can throw the seeds in the garbage or you can even crisp them up, I suppose, and eat you know, crunchy apple seeds. I don't know. But unless you plant them, th that apple's not gonna produce anything else. It's, it, it, it's your food and that's it. So that's a key to all of physics. All of all physical law of the universe was in Genesis one. Everything reproduces according to its own kind. If you wanna know what's going on inside of you, look at what you're producing in others. Yeah, we'll go on. One more thing. Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. I won't pause there. But then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed which is in the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food. Let's pray one more time. Father, would you open up the eyes of our heart and grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of you, the eyes of our understanding being opened and enlightened. Help me to bring forth your thoughts. I wanna thank you, Father, for all the fresh revelation of 2022 all the new things, all the things you said to us that were never even written by humans, but just thoughts that you brought from heaven to earth. Would you continue? Lord, we esteem the words of your mouth more than our necessary food. We love revelation more than pizza. In Jesus' name, amen. When you can say that with all your heart, when you love what God is saying, more than you love chocolate, <clears throat> then you're gonna have more revelation, not just more chocolate, okay? And I'm pro-chocolate, let it be on the record. Happy 2023, everybody. It's here, for some of you, 2022 was a year from hell. 
Um, if God would have showed you January 1st, 2022, what was gonna happen in 2022, many of you would have gone back to bed and said, let me just sleep through the year, I don't wanna do it. So he only gives us what we can handle. He only shows us what we can actually handle. I'm thankful he doesn't tell us everything. But his mercies are new every morning and we rediscover him afresh every morning. The word of the Lord for me is, is this, it's harvest time. For God's people, now I wanna flip this a little bit. It's harvest time for the lost world as well. See, when we talk about harvest time, it should be good news, but it's actually based on the kind of seed you've sown and what kind of soil you've sown into. Mark chapter four says there's wayside, there's stony ground, there's thorns, and there's good ground. If you got good ground, then you've got a harvest of 30, 60, 100 fold of good things. But, the, but God isn't mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And so there are a lot of people that are, if you said harvest right now, they say, yes, that's great. I don't know what kind of seed you got. You better pray for crop failure. And so we as the church celebrate that it's good news. Now there are governing principles over harvest established in the beginning in Genesis. As I said a moment ago, every living thing reproduces after its own kind, everything. Uh, I won't go deep in, deeply into this, but you will never plant tomato seeds and reap corn on the cob, okay? It is physically impossible. You're only gonna get the kind of harvest of the seed you sown. Apple seeds are inside of apples. Grape seeds are inside of grapes. Everything reproduced after its own kind. You and I also reproduce after our own kind, not just children, but relationships and emotions and teaching and strengthening. Now, just to give a, a little understanding here, man was given a dominion mandate. Genesis 127, I read to you, God said, when God says something, remember when God said, light be, light was. So when God says to man, be fruitful, he's not just giving a command, he's giving a release of the ability to do it. When God speaks something, it's not just, it's not just giving you rules and regulations to follow. A lot of people wanna put God in that kind of box. But if all you see is an angry God, you're gonna reproduce anger in your life. If you see a loving father, you're gonna produce, reproduce love in everywhere you go. So the word was, man was given a dominion mandate, be faithful, be fruitful, be productive, reproduce after your own kind. Reproduce after your own kind. Take what the seeds God gives you and use them to be productive for generation, generation, generation. Multiply resources. Be fruitful, multiply. Multiply means you're in, your life is intended to grow. It's intended to go forward. You're supposed to be the latter end of something, supposed to be better than the former. The greater, uh, the greater glory is at the end of something. So those of you that are getting older like I am and like everybody in the room is, whether you choose to believe it or not, remember now we're 32 years old as a church, almost 33, um, our teenagers, that we started with in, in our children's church 32 years ago are now in their 40s. Hello, okay? So uh, that just means, to, I, my time clock usually goes by Randy Wiebe. He was our oldest youth. He was our 16-year-old youth. Is Randy here today? Randy's usually back there. There he is here today, great. Randy was our, 
handsome young teenager that helped build a youth group because all the girls liked him. But Laura got him. And so Randy was one of the oldest teenagers we had, 16, and Laura was one of the younger teenagers. And uh, we said, don't mess with her yet. Anyway, so uh, they didn't get married. They didn't get married till, anyway, that's another story. But they, they, it's all good. It's all good. Anyway, but when, when I see that, I realize Randy's approaching 50. Father, time is moving. He's not 50 yet, but he's, what, how old are you, Randy? 48. So March 2nd, you'll be 49. <laughs> As I said, Randy Weeb is getting close. So, okay. So this is, uh, so understand, this was, you know, Pastor Chris was our first youth pastor. He's now, I mean, he, on the same, he has the same birthday as Randy Weeby, by the way. March the 2nd, Pastor Chris is gonna be 57, right? So anyway, he was our first youth pastor. He was the cool, young, hip dude, okay? So anyway, it's, it's, just, it's just funny how things go. And I didn't plan to talk about this all, but it, anyway, so be fruitful, be productive, multiply resources, fill the earth. That means fulfill, fulfill your purpose and potential for the earth. Subdue the earth means subjugate anything that goes against God and his word. Subjugate it, take it captive. Take it captive of your thought. Take it captive of junk going on out there. And all of it is culminated in the, in the phrase, take dominion. Take dominion. That, mean, that doesn't mean dominate people. It means to take authority. Um, take responsibility for leadership and management of everything you have influence in. Take your God-given authority. Jesus restored what was lost in the garden. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, go to all the nations, go into all the world. So we're taking that dominion mandate. Now, how does it all work? It's so interesting you ask because the next part of the verse says, the next part of that whole thing, after the dominion mandate, the next thing God says is, see, I've given you seed. I've given you seed. Now, we started out this morning talking about Matthew chapter six, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, all these other things will be added unto you, right? The passage leading up to that, Jesus taught the disciples, quit worrying about what you're gonna eat. Quit worrying about what you're gonna wear. Quit worrying about all the stuff the world is worried about. Your father knows you need those things. But he says something interesting in Matthew six. Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow and reap or gather into barns. The inference is, but you do. My friends, every new generation of life begins with sowing seed. And all of that dominion, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue, take dominion, all of it works through the law of seed time and harvest. Now, some people hate this part, but it's seed, time, harvest. It takes time to get back into the right cycle, okay? So some of you that are newer to the things of God, newer to salvation, newer to tithes and offerings, newer to those kind of, those kind of things, it takes time. I want to give you in the few moments I have left today, the story of the great now church turnaround of 2018. Because if I could sit down with every one of you individually, I'd say, this is a story you've got to hear. The beginning of Spirit Life Church, which became now church, 
I didn't know anything about anything. I had been a youth pastor for two years. I'd been on staff as a pastor, uh, ordained for like three and a half years. And God said, come start a church in Ocala. And I went to my pastor. I went to, uh, you know, those of you know, I was uh, Benny Hinn's youth pastor, one of them. And, and I said, pastor, so he's sending me out. And I said, so what do I need to know? He goes, pray in tongues and preach the word. That was our management strategy. I knew nothing about church management. I, I just knew pray in tongues and preach the word. So that's what I did. And as we came up, we, we wrote out a, a four-page document. I still have it in the archive somewhere of, of a four-page, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And so we had vision. We laid out a vision plan and it's culminated in a mission statement that took us 17 years to building a relevant creative church, empowering people to reach others. But it was four pages of dominion, being a light in the community, all these kinds of things, go into the nations. And um, immediately the Lord spoke to my heart and said, here's what I want you to do with the financial stuff. Because I didn't know. I'd been an insurance agent. I knew business. I didn't know church business. And whether you like it or not, there is a business side to church. We have to keep the air on and the lights on. And we have to have Pastor Lindsay, you know, a keyboard or something, you know. Anyway, so there's, there's, there's stewardship that's required. And I know you don't like to hear that part about church, but it's true. And so here's what God said to do. Whatever comes in, on Sunday, or you know, that time was just Sundays, very first week, take that, have people count the offering, have everybody sign off, have every, have, have every layer and level accountable. So everybody knows nobody's touching the money funny. So we do that, we've done it since the beginning, and we still do it today. Today there's more layers than I can't even explain to you. We have a CPA, we have... Uh, a, we have business management. We have a, uh, what's, our, what's our company called, Belay? What, what, is, what do they do for us? What do you call that? Ricky, where are you? Bookkeeping. So we have, so we have, we have, we have people on the team. We have, so we have a bookkeeper separate from an accountant. We have all these layers and levels that hold us. And that's great. And that's, it's, it's awesome to have that. I appreciate that. But the beginning was simply, Count the money, take the first 10% that comes in as the church, put it in a separate account and give it away, okay? So that was the business side of the church. It was tithe immediately, give offerings, sow and go, sow to the nations and go to the nations. That was the business side of the church. Kept us on the right track for 17 years, the first 17 years. Then the great recession hit of 2007, for those of you that were living up north during that point, Central Florida, North Central Florida felt it before anybody else felt the recession in 2000. Everybody else calls it recession in 2008. We began in 2007 because everything in our economy here at that time was based on construction, real estate, basically that. That was it. So, so, it was mortgages, by the way. The 12th largest lender for home mortgages in the country was Taylor Mean and Whitaker right here in Ocala. 
So that was our industry in this city. So the moment that the villages quit producing whatever what was 20 homes a day or 20 homes a week or whatever it was for 20 years, the moment that stopped, when interest rates started spiking, gas prices started to go up in May of 2007, like up a little bit significantly. The moment that happened, everything started to retract here in Ocala way before it did in other parts of the country. And so we, and I'll just say, so I've always, the Bible says be surrounded with good counsel, right? Blessed is the man who stands down the counsel of the ungodly. So we surround ourselves with good counsel. So at that time, some of the business leaders in our church were saying to me, I was saying, hey, help me. We are, we need to cut, we need to cut some stuff here. We had four corporations at the time. We had three or four different locations where we were all spread out. We had a Christian school that we was going for 15 years. Um, we, had all, we had all kinds of stuff going. We had a location in Gainesville that we started in 2005. And we were paying more on rent for a building up there than we were for the mortgage on this 24 acres. It was a nightmare. And so I brought in business people, help me. Help me not have a nervous breakdown, okay? So we began to cut. At that time in our four corporations, we had 24 staff members. Over the period of the, from 20 to 2008 to 2010, we got from uh, 24 to seven. I had to lay off my own relatives. I had to lay off people that I knew were dependent on me. And I felt like I was dying a thousand deaths. I uh, almost quit on a regular basis uh, in my mind. The problem is this isn't a job, it's a calling. So when you go to your boss with a calling, he just nods and smiles. So, but the business people strongly advocated we adjust to something called, that they called corporate tithing which is, they said, look, if you're a corporation, even a Christian corporation should never be on gross income ties. It's gotta be on net profits because otherwise you'll go down. So they felt the church should revise a plan for finances for survival mode, and we did that. And it crushed me, but we did. I thought, okay, 17 years, I guess that was just the season of God. It was a nightmare. We got down to seven full-time staff members, all executive level. And I didn't plan to say this, but I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. Every one of our staff members took at least two pay cuts, some three, and some took side jobs to stay as your pastors. And I have not told that before. Every one of them. and showed their hearts. And souls were being saved. New people were connecting with the Lord and his church. And as we came out of it, we kept believing, we, we kept getting words about thriving and growing. And we were growing numerically, we were getting back strength and all that, but we didn't burst out of the season of lack as we expected. We kind of limped out financially and we didn't know why. 
And because the culture of now church had changed, becoming, we were much healthier in the fact that we had turned the church inside out in 2007 and began to stop just trying to do life together successfully and started really going after lost people, broken people, people that didn't necessarily have a Christian background. And many of you are them and we're so glad you're here. That is a blessing that changed our lives and changed our church for the good. Um, But because of the healthier culture, we needed a a new building, but we couldn't afford it. So we had a flash of revelation. And this is how God works. Anybody remember Hurricane Irma? Fall of 2007. Something unique happened. Uh, People coming out of South Florida were filling up I-75 and the turnpike. So they they started to fill up 441 going north. And we had traffic jams, standstill, standstill traffic. That's easy for me to say. Standstill traffic in front of our church for a couple of days. In the meanwhile, all of us in the church, we kept getting reports. We can't find water. We can't find water. We can't find provision. Everything's gone. Everything took it off the shelf. We don't have anything. And my wife, if you, if you want to know the heartbeat of now church, Pastor Gail, parent chief, is the heart of the church. That's why Heart Smile Foundation is the humanitarian arm of the church. She said to, she had been saying to all of us as, a, as, a, as our board and our, and our eldership for years, we're not given enough seed. And the, and the other side was saying, but we don't have anything to give. We're barely making it as it is. And she's saying, we, gotta, we, we, need, to, we need to give away more. So Heart Smile was doing that and it was a part, part of the arm, but we still weren't, we weren't tithing again off the gross. We were tithing off the net like a corporation does. And it wasn't what God said in the beginning, and he, but he was quiet. Honestly, he wasn't saying, you're, you're, hey, dummy, wake up. He wasn't saying that to me. So we limped through this. Are you, are you okay with this? Me just being honest with you, telling you where we're at? <clears throat> so in Hurricane Irma, on the Thursday, traffic was stopped out here. The thing was going to hit Friday or Saturday, <clears throat> and um, I think Friday night in the middle of the night. And my wife said, we need to do something for those people driving by the church. I said, well, what are we going to do? Can't find anything. She sent out something on social media or something. She said, hey, we were going we to have an emergency prayer meeting, I think, Friday night anyway at the church for the hurricane. She said come early, bring any water and things you can find. We're going to provide a rest area for people coming up from South Florida and the place they can walk their dogs. We're going to have, we're going to have, they, they, they can let the dogs do what they do. We're going to have bathrooms clean and open, ready for people to stop by. We're going to have snacks and we're going to give fresh water. You know, the moment we did that, people were, people in our church were saying, wow, now I found water. I found water. What? Because God gives seed to sowers and bread for eaters. The moment we turned it outward, see, I'm even smart enough to think, to realize this. The moment we turn outward, everything was fine. And then my wife, because we did get hit uh, pretty hard in this county, this area, when everything hit on Friday night, Saturday, my wife turned our kitchen and fed the first day, fed 
80 people. Is that right? Between a couple of kitchens, she organized herself and a couple other ladies in the church, and she started doing spaghetti dinners for the people who didn't have power. And it was beautiful. And it was an amazing, okay, wow, this is amazing. Look what God did. I mean, spaghetti sauces were off the shelves. All of a sudden she found spaghetti sauces because we were giving it away. All right. Now, April, so we reached March of 2018, desperately needing a new building and having no money in the budget for a new building. We started dreaming of the new building. We started prophesying the new building. We started telling you about a new building. We didn't have the first dime to do it. And then we got the news that our trending for 2018 was still going down, our giving trending from the accounting people, but still not, we're still not coming up. We're going down. And so we sought the Lord. We began, as elders and deacons, we got deacons, well, you know, helpers. We, we just, we didn't, we didn't, we, by the way, we never came to you and said, we don't have any money. Can you help us? You know why? Because I always felt like when, when the guy on TV says, if you don't help us, we're going off the air. I always felt like, hey, go off the air. If God's not with you, then I don't, my, my 30 bucks isn't going to help. Can we just be honest? So, that's, so anyway, that's why we don't beg. We speak the word and we tell you what we're doing now as we give it away. So, we prayed, we, we fasted, we needed a breakthrough. And Ricky at that time was starting to have Proton Global, one of our companies. We split it out and we cut it off the church and just sold it to Ricky. Ricky, Ricky Perenchief bought Proton Global from Now Church, basically. And it became his company and it started to be blessed. And he had a client named Pastor Aaron Kennedy from Open Door Church in North Carolina, who was a Second generation pastor, his father had just handed him over the church and he was taking it. And the church just started to just flourish and grow. And they were building a new building, hired Ricky to come in and design all the sound, all the electrical, all the tech, all the tech stuff. <clears throat> so he's hearing their story and hearing their miracles. And he said, kept saying, dad, you need to have a conversation with this, this guy. I said, I'll do anything. He arranged an appointment. <clears throat> I called Pastor Aaron Kennedy and I just said, hey, Hey, just talk to me. My son, Ricky, is really impressed with what you're doing. How did you get, I heard you were kind of in a real limping out of the recession like we have been, but now you're really blessed. I said, what's, what's the key to your turn? He said, well, he said, the key to my turnaround is, he said, I was working at Gateway Church for a couple years under Robert Morris. Oh, I know him. And he said, and, I, and, and he just really put, he said, he said, I came back and before my dad gave me the church, we started transitioning everything into just firing up the motors of the church, the engines of the church, which are giving in, in, uh, in humanitarian benevolence and, and, uh, and, and, and to the nations. And he started telling me all, and I started to get so excited. And all of a sudden it hit me. And that was the moment, April, 2018. I, I said, oh my gosh. We got away from the original mandate of what God said, how to manage the church finances. And I was, so, I was so upset with myself, 
But you can only be responsible for what God tells you and unctions you. And to be honest with you, he was quiet. I went to the elders right away. And I told, first I told my wife and she just, she almost danced. She said, this is what I've been telling you. That's exactly right. We got to get, we got to do it. That's right. We used to take and the first 10% came off the top and we get into a separate fund and then we give it out. And then this happened, then that happened. You go to the nations, we send to the nations, we had missionaries, blah, blah, blah. We told the team. By that time, interestingly enough, all the business people who told us what to do in 2007 were gone. They left during the Great Recession. So there was nobody to voice dissent, which was good. Some said, what if we started 5%? No. We're going back to the original vision. 10% this Sunday. But we don't have enough. Let's see what God does. That's why we say that this week, every week about visiting the church, you know, three-week challenge, let's, and see what God does. That's, that should be one of our mottos on a wall somewhere. See what God does. So, see what God does. Immediately, finances began to increase. Immediately. The next week, they began to turn. There were still challenges, but listen, money is called currency. The current started to flow correctly again. When you get things in order, and the beginning of the year is a perfect time to talk about this. When you get things in order, you put God first in your finances, you can expect God to partner with you and confirm his word. Here's a lesson. <clears throat> let it be written, let it be written, and let it be done. Here's the lesson. You can never budget cut your way into prosperity. You, there's not enough to cut. We cut everything. We cut, we cut so much. At one point, our team said, if we cut any more, it's not fat. We're cutting muscle. So we've got to come up. I hope this is, I hope you're getting this thing. And I'm glad we're not online today. This is, this is, this will be on the podcast and that kind of thing. But this is a heart chat. This is what we need to talk about. Because this changed everything. Joseph saw fat cow seasons and skinny cow seasons. And from God, he got the way to do both. The way to manage both seasons. When COVID hit, then the Lord said, so we had just started, so 2018, everything started to turn. We're gonna build the building. Now 2020 hit, nobody's at church. What are you gonna do with an empty church? How are you gonna build a building? How are you gonna survive? We started giving everything. We started giving away office furniture. We, started, we, we, we gave away everything that wasn't nailed down. And Pastor Gail had the word, why don't we double our missions giving? That's kind of what Aaron Kennedy kind of said to me in 2018. Double our missions giving. You know what I said that time? I didn't say, I'm gonna pray about it for three days. That doesn't sound like God. I said, let's do it. So we doubled all of our missionaries that we support, doubled them, had them tell us several churches had no money to give them. We doubled them. We've increased them again since then. My friends, we will never, ever, 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 ever be the same 
Giving is firmly in the DNA of our church, even deeper than it was. And we will never stop testifying of God's great faithfulness. I had a thought the other day, and I plan to be done by now. I'm sorry, I'm trying to get you out early, but I really, this is a one-off. When I'm done talking about this, I'm not gonna talk about it all the time. It's not our main message. This is a part of our story. I realized the other day that 1983 was the most pivotal year in our lives as far as ministry was concerned. First, leaning into the Lord, getting discipled, sensing the call of God. That was all 1983. Truly growing in the word. Tithing, we learned in April of 1983, personally. We've been tithing ever since and giving offerings ever since. April of 1983. The insurance job opened up in 1983. In 1983, we were told we couldn't have any more kids and we got pregnant with who is now Pastor Kristen Kennedy. 1983 was a monumental year. God works in harvest in 40-year cycles. 40-year cycles. Children of Israel coming out of Egypt, 40 years. 40 days going into the promised land with Joshua. 40-year cycles. It's 40 years this year 2023 is 40 years since our monumental initial seed year. And God began to talk to me and my life about harvest. It's harvest time. How long will the laws of seed time and harvest work? Will they work through recession? Check. Will they work through inflation? Yep. Will they work through corruption and government? Oh yeah. Genesis 8.22 and 9.1. While the earth remains. Is the earth remaining today, by the way? Did anybody wake up on the planet? Okay. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So, a conjunction... Two chapters there, but it's a conjunction. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. My friends, there's always a scriptural connection between sowing seed and taking dominion. By the way, by the time we went to get our, our mortgage, our loan to build the new building last year, they wanted all the, all the um, financials from 2017 2018, 2019, 2020, and 2021. They looked through and said, what happened to your church in April of 2018? Luckily, our banker is a spirit-filled Christian in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I said, you won't even believe it. And I told him the same story I just told you. Our God is faithful, but you gotta give him something to work with. And that's not hype. That's not me trying to get anything from you. That's me trying to tell you as a papa, as a father. This is how it works. And the moment you tighten up, you can never tighten your belt enough to be blessed. Blessing flows. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Everything begins Jesus said, you want to know the catalyst? Luke 6, 38. Give, 
and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, running over, shall men give to you. Finally this, focus this year on the Lord of the harvest more than the harvest itself. God's blessings are so good, but you can almost get your eyes on them so much that you actually forget the Lord of the harvest is behind it all. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this pastoral heart chat that we can talk about. Lord, we just give you honor and glory and power and praise. Lord, I pray for everyone for 2023 that they would get this wisdom from heaven and this revelation from God, that they would take it more deeply into themselves, that they would become generous in what they do for you and your kingdom, but also that through them you can get anything through them to anybody that you need anything to get to in our community and in our missionaries and in the nations of the earth. Let this be. Lord, as I look upon now, I think of the 40 years of what you've done in Gail and me. And I just honor you. We had nothing. And today everything we have influence in is because of you. I worship you. Jesus, I worship you. I can't say thank you enough for all you've done and all you're doing. And now, Lord, also what you've pointed my eyes to, that since 2018, we as a church have so much seed in the ground, so much good seed in good soil. Let this be a year of abundant harvest for every person connected with Now Church. And as we move into this new building, Lord, because what you said, we didn't build a new auditorium for ourselves to have just more space and comfort. We built a place for people to gather and fellowship and build relationships and have Bible studies and small groups and get together over food and provisions and banquets and all the classrooms for the children. Lord, we just give you all the honor and all the glory. You have stuff prepared for us this year that we couldn't even dream of. And we just invite you now to manifest it in your abundance. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your grace. And thank you for the generous people of Now Church. Bless the people that are here this message and bless the people that have never heard it yet walk in the light of it whether they understand it or not. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give God praise today. Will you come on? Ushers, would you get ready? We're gonna receive our tithes and offerings. Remember, don't give out of emotion today. I'm not trying to get something from you. This is, this, if you get this, this will change your life. The problem is, as a, as a, if I talk about it like in an offering setup, you just go, oh, he's just trying to get something from me. I genuinely... Can I just tell you, we, we don't know all the financials, but this was by far the biggest financial income year for Now Church in 30 years. By far, by far, by far. The biggest, 2022 was the biggest ever by far. 
by, by, in a year, everybody's talking about inflation and recession. I don't even know what the numbers are yet in the terms of percentages. I would bet you we're up over 20% year over year. To God be the glory. But we gave more money away to people and needs and nations and missions and trips and all those things than we've ever given away in 32 years. Coincidence? I don't think so. I think it's the engine. The engine, the engines of this church, prayer and generosity. Both of those, by the way, the gifts in Pastor Gail Parent-Chief. Prayer and giving. She's the heart of the house. Honor her right now, she's the one. She makes it all go. If you need an envelope, you can do that. I wanna thank you for the musicians. Thank you, everybody. Uh, tech crew, we're happy to have you back next week. Uh, those of you that are listening to the podcast, we're glad to be back on streaming next week. But sometimes we need these kind of breaks, don't we? Need these moments to remember we're not dependent on anything else to worship our God. We just wanna honor him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessing. We call for 2023 to be a year of abundant harvest for your people, that all those seeds of good things come forth in provision. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.